Welcome to They Know Me Best, a podcast on friendship and how it shapes our lives, told through interviews with actual best friends. I'm your host, Elliot Darvick, and on today's show, we have Cassidy and Paloma, or Pal. And, you know, this friendship is, you know, there's no other way to say it. It is deeply fun. It is creative. It has theme songs, and it's as loving as you would expect it would be. Started as roommates and just blossomed from there. And they have one of the greatest friendship hacks I've ever heard for staying connected. You'll have to listen all the way through. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Cassidy and Pal. All right. Well, welcome to They Know Me Best, Paloma and Cassidy. It's so great to have you on the show. I keep my intros brief because the friendship is the guest and who knows the friendship better than you both. So uh, I'd love for you each to just introduce each other. And when you think about this introduction, you know, pull from anywhere, but most importantly, pull from the heart. You're introducing me to your best friend. What do I need to know about Cassidy? Paloma, tell me, introduce us to Cassidy Blackwell. This is Cassidy Sadie Blackwell, aka CSB. Sometimes the S has a dollar sign. Uh, Cass Sadie, the number of times I've changed her name in my phone is astounding. Currently in Sonoma County, but we met in San Francisco by way of Minnesota. And um, I would say that Cassidy's the hair guru, my fashion guru, the absolute uh, meme introducer to me, the question asker. And that's nothing to say about her professional life because it's really all personal with me. (laughs) Uh, But absolute person who makes me laugh the most and my friendship archivist. No one, you know, drops a text my way and makes me just drop everything and laugh in the middle of the day while I'm on a call like Cassidy does. I mean, if that isn't an introduction from the heart, I don't know what is. Cassidy, introduce us to Paloma Cotton Herman. I would love to. So introducing the one, the only Paloma Cotton Herman. Um, when I was introduced to Paloma, uh, it was as pal. Uh, and as the saying goes, pal's a pal. Um, but in addition to pal, uh, pal is oftentimes more often than not referred to by me as no-nonsense Nerman. Norman, Norman Herman. (laughs) Um, And I had the absolute pleasure and privilege to uh, cohabitate with Pal for seven years in San Francisco. Uh, So quickly after meeting each other on a fateful Halloween, and we can tell our origin story, um, a group of us uh, moved in together and lived together um, in a San Francisco apartment, only possible, five of us, one bathroom, only possible in your early 20s. Um, and so, you know, our friendship was really rooted um, not only from a social perspective, but a living perspective. Um, so we met in San Francisco. Pal was born and raised um, in Boston, where she has boomeranged back to and where she now lives with her wife and their two adorable daughters um, and, you know, is never, uh, never too far uh, for a frequent text or phone conversation. We have really been able to find those important moments to stay connected. So pal is a forever pal. 
I forgot about the seven years because I just want to say, are we common law married in California? We've we always think- wondered that. Yes. So if you hear, yes, our DLP ship is very real. <laughs> Domestic life partnership mm-hmm. is a question. It's in the background. We're both it is. legally married to other people, but we're just wondering if that exists. Yeah. The, the bond union. is very deep here. This is it amazing. Is. Wow. <laughs> Um, a, an introduction more epic than I ever could have hoped for and already fact-filled. Um, I think we got a bit of some of the origin story, but what is the origin story? If we would say, like, let's go back and tell an origin story about this friendship, I want you both to tell me what that origin story is. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always like to say that in San Francisco, where we met, Halloween is when like the beat of the city matches the beat of the universe because Halloween in a city as quirky and as sort of creative as San Francisco is really when it comes time to shine. So just imagine, if you will, the fall of 2006. We are talking the early aughts. You have a group of individuals who are fresh out of college and living on their own for the very first time. So Halloween is one of the most familiar tentpoles for you from childhood, from college. And now being in San Francisco, it's sort of, you know, where where you know you can really dive in and make the thing happen. So we were introduced via a mutual friend. It was a friend of ours from Washu, actually, Elliot. Yes. And a friend of Paloma's from go- growing up um, from high school in Boston. Um, I am deeply passionate about the costuming side of Halloween. So I would like to introduce my costume and then I will allow Hal to introduce her costume. Uh, so I went as a Tiffany lamp, as in, yes, the uh, turn of the 20th century, late 19th century um, fabricated glass lamp, complete with tassels that were the poles of the lamp um, and a wire of uh, wooden frame that I was walking inside of to make my lamp base. Um, so I was really feeling myself. But then I met a more, an even more relevant <laughs> Halloween costume human, which was our friend, Pal. Pal, who did you dress as that year? So I came in fairly hot as, quote, <laughs> Coach Judy, your elementary school gym teacher on a date. And the explanation was locate and purchase the costume, step one, and step two is determine who, what you'll be. And this was month two of being unemployed, moving to San Francisco. Um, And so of course, why have one Halloween costume? If you could have multiples, this mutual friend, Chloe and I had gone to Buffalo Exchange. I put on this black slack onesie zip up to a Southwestern on the shoulders um, pattern black buttons, white blouse kind of vibe. It fit me like a glove. And so I was sort of like, no idea what this could be, but I like it. And so I was sort of shopping around for what this could turn into. And one of my fellow queer friends said, I've got it. You absolutely look like a gym teacher. 
she was like, in fact, my gym teacher trying to look a little more dressed up. It was, I believe I also had a whistle. Definitely um, had a whistle. I was going to ask, but I probably didn't even have to. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe a fanny pack and absolutely a name tag that said, Coach Judy, your elementary school gym teacher on a date. Um, and the best part about it is these two costumes are super representative of us that Cassidy was sort of like historical, technical. That's her sort of architecture background. And I was like, I don't know, something kind of funny that works. Like um, it really, um, this kismet moment um, will forever yes. have. And, and, you know, Coach Judy lives on um I believe you still have the costume somewhere. Like it hasn't been too long since I've seen you in it, I believe. Um, but over the years, you know, the fable of Coach Judy continued to flourish and blossom. There is even a song that had a guitar accompaniment as well as a drum uh, a drum track behind it about Coach Judy. So uh, maybe for the outro, we could <laughs> give you we could give you we could sing you a few bars of it. I think we would absolutely love when we get off to contact. One of our favorite things is contacting, you know, we lived together all these years and we had other roommates come and go. So one of our favorite moments is the group text that we're, you know, I'm envisioning. Jason, Ben, quick question. Anyone have yeah. at their fingertips the Coach J recording? And yeah. I bet you we would get it. <laughs> we could, within the yeah, day. we could get it. But just in case we are doing the outro <laughs> to Coach Judy. So yeah. just <laughs> mentally prepare for that. Um, I have a couple comments here. One, uh, Cassie, since you brought it up, I think like, yeah, uh, full disclosure, Cassie and I have known each other since 2002. Um, yeah. And it's so appropriate you were dressed up as a lamp. A lot of people ask me, how do you choose your guests for the show? And I literally just think through, uh, like, who do I know and who lights up when I think about them? Uh, and that is you. So um, your your essence, your personality is... Uh, very much one of light. And so great costume on many levels. And Paloma, literally the minute you said, uh, Coach Judy, I'm thinking about Miss Ginger. I don't know if Ginger was her last name or her first name or a nickname. I have no idea. I'd like to think it's her first name. I just like that. And she's Miss Ginger. Uh, and you, you, you know, I saw the whistle. I saw the jumpsuit, everything. So yeah. You actually really brought for me to a moment of, I would say, echo that and say Cassidy is nothing if not memorable. It's not like, huh, what did Cassidy do for that birthday party? It was something you've never done before. Hmm, what was Cassidy for Halloween? Highly memorable, highly unique, definitely part of her brand. And for me, for Coach Judy, it was a conversation piece. I got so many, no way. This is exactly like my gym teacher. So I, it's like, of course, it's a connective costume. That's right? exactly it. That's exactly it, pal. Is like you give somebody to latch onto because while you had Miss Ginger, mine was named Nan. And like, as soon as you said it, I was like, yep, know exactly who you are. And that is the perfect costume. This is so great. Uh, well, why does the friendship work? I mean, I clearly, you know, the dynamic is on display. But if you were to say, like, reflectively, this friendship works because why does this friendship work? I think it, it has to do with these these points of connection. And over the years, we have just built so many points of reference together. And it's not just like these memories that come up in passing. They're an active, living, breathing thing that we 
uh, continue to generate and refer back to. So it has just become this multi-textural, you know, you use the word archive, Elliot, but it's something, it's a friendship that we can just sort of enter into and just immediately find meaning inside of. Um, Some things, you know, are really emotional and have depth and other things are just like random, quippy, quirky things. Um, And I can even guarantee you right now, the day we did the podcast is going to become one of those like, it's going to become like a square on the quilt. (laughs) The day we did the podcast, like all of it, it's going to be, it's going to be a square. That's exactly Mm -hmm. it. I would say it's the having the front row seat to each other's lives for so many years. And interestingly enough, we might be coming upon next year living together, living not together longer than we did live together. So we actually are going to balance out just as I close out sort of, oh, I've almost been the East Coast just as long as I've been on the West Coast, thinking about how we're thriving even not having that short distance sort of IRL moment. And I think it's the building blocks of what Cassidy and I call freshman year of life. And the era of Halloween 2006 was very much um, a cornerstone of freshman year of life. It was recreating that big group presence of college and of sort of figuring out in a clumsy, clunky way, some bona fide adulthood moments of first relationships, sort of some great decisions, romantically, not so great, everything in between, some great and not so great professional decisions, everything in between. So I think it's having the reference points, really enjoying reminiscing together, and also wanting to check in in the future. So it's a looking back, looking forward. Um, I I absolutely don't think it's one of those, like, remember when, and that's all we have, you know, so yeah. it's, it's kind of, um, but knowing each other's families super well, Cassidy has relationships totally. with each of my siblings, and some funny stories about meeting them, and, you know, um, lots of memories um, unearthed during Cassidy and her husband Adam's wedding, amazing, amazing last July in the south of France, and, you know, i known Cassie's aunt and uncle for many, many years. So they sort of have seen me grow up and are like, Paloma's a parent now. So we've been invested in each other's families just as each other's extended families are invested in us. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, Wouldn't you say that your moms always get their annual anniversary call from your pal Cass on the West Coast? (laughs) I told Cassidy, I dared tell Cassidy that I might have gotten in trouble with my mom and stepmom. We got sort of a strongly worded, possibly passive aggressive email to the kids about like, don't know if you remember, but today's our anniversary. Would love you to sort of wish us well. I told Cassidy, she put it on her calendar and the next year she was the first person to wish them happy anniversary before any of us. And so really got that number one slot of- She's um, the favorite daughter. She's the favorite daughter. Yeah, I get it. Wouldn't you know, I heard from Cassidy this morning. (laughs) Oh, Always first and foremost. So I actually do want to say that I I didn't put it on my calendar, Elliot. And this is probably the yes. a really big component of why our friendship works. Um, but since 2008, we have shared a Google Calendar together. So we have full visibility into one another's lives. And at the time, it was just practical. Like, 
what are we doing socially as a house? Like, what are we, who's getting groceries? It was always pal. Spoiler, it was always pal. Uh, I was the social director. Pal was logistics and infrastructure. And I think that's probably says a lot there. Um, but when pal moved away, it, there was no question of like unclicking the box. And so it was just like, oh, okay. I see you're like going to have dinner with like your elementary school friend back home. We're like, oh my gosh, the Hermans are getting together for uh, so-and-so's birthday. And so, you know, just even some of the more mundane things like, oh, saw you had a doctor's appointment earlier this week. How was that? <laughs> um, but it's really just helped us to stay connected, even though we're being further apart. Um, I come to rely on some things in Pal's calendar at this point in time, because she's always had this way of notating birthdays. I don't do it for certain people. I just know it's always going to be in Pal's calendar. Um, and so, so it's just been a very big part of staying in touch and staying current with the other person's lives. And I think you're right. It is the humorous sort of LOL moments all the way to the sort of more meaningful, oh, Cassidy has a dress fitting, you know, like I'd love to be in touch about that. Um, how are you feeling about it? You know, and and um, I think they're all important to us. Yeah. Um, and we I do, maybe like that's half the text is like, oh, Cassidy, tell me about this equestrian <laughs> moment that you're having on the calendar. You know, a little bit jabs, like a little bit sort of poking fun and it's yep. just a conversation starter. Or even when your brother Nico got a little bit Jay jealous about it and he asked to get in the mix. So now Pal's brother, I also have uh, access to his calendar. Uh, so yeah, it is. And we, we have used it to even like make jokes with one another. So if there is something that I'd like to comment on, I'll just add a calendar block next to it to make sure Pal sees that I see her on it. <laughs> this is one of the greatest friendship hacks I've ever heard. And there's there's so many, <laughs> it's it's so beautiful. You, you have uh, read access friendship here. Yes. And yes. Uh, that is a really beautiful thing. It almost it reminds me of like when Venmo first came out. Um, you know, a big part of it was this like public access to what people were spending money on. And I remember thinking like, that's, that's kind of wild. Like, I don't I wouldn't do that. But there is something about like the experiencing the realness of someone's life like that happened. It's real. It's not even curated. It's just this is their existence. And so I think this is so beautiful. Yeah, it's sharing. Sharing is so important. We have always yeah. long said that the mm. two of us love uh, primary source documents. Um, and so even just forwarding on an email that we think the other person would be interested in, just like, you know, you, you get the primary source document. Um, so Pal mentioned my wedding this last summer. And when we were going through the planning process, we were asked to determine who could be the master of ceremony. We didn't love that word, but we, that was what the ask was to have, make sure we have yeah. an MC, a person who could mingle with all of the guests, get to know them, being able to steer the ship from point A to point B. And there was no other question in my mind than this person being pal. And she showed up with her blue folio, ready to go, ready to execute. Fully coach's whistle? No uh, coach's whistle. Like, like a spiritual coach's whistle. Emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally. Um, and just 
dove in and it, it was just pal being pal to the point of the venue asking if she wanted to come back <laughs> and work for them full time because she was so good at it. She was. I did not so say no. I was like, "Can we put a pin?" And you know, worth noting, I at that point had a six-month-old and four-year-old. You know, missed them dearly. My wife and I was sort of like, in order to be the most successful and and sort of do this role, make Cassidy the proudest. I will be flying solo literally to this wedding, and yeah. so that I did. I was like, "This won't be getting in the way of my." pro bono responsibilities that I'm so glad to do. And it was such a memorable week. It, what it a gift. Was. It was the, the, the most amazing gift. And everybody has been talking about it ever since. And I mean, um, you know, coming out of that, we had a large bridal party. And I think, pal, you have your own text threads with probably 80 percent of the group, if not 100 percent of the rest of the seeing group. one of them in person next week yes yes yeah, wow. there we go there we go and i mentioned to you elliot you know following this podcast like a very high likelihood that this is not the last time you talk with pal <laughs> i'm all in you full full read permission i'm all in yeah <laughs> this is the primary source document right in it. a different form that's it i i so that i that is what that terminology deeply resonates with me so you know where this show goes uh working on it like but i have an idea and it's called the museum of friendship and so just imagine going to a museum of the world's greatest friendships and it's full of primary source documentation and so just i just you've given me language i didn't have before but we all have it we all have primary source documentation that really matters and sometimes it's you know photos are our default but it's so much deeper well one of the things that we were talking about recently, um, and like in the archives, there's like the digital, there's the digital components. The We have print photos, we've got digital photos, old emails are great, but Pal has a an amazing arrow in her quiver, which is written communication. And I think this is a really mm. unique form of your love language, Norman, um, which is she is an expert written communication, mailed correspondence um, person. And you never know when you're going to get a card, but you do. And they are thoughtful. They are colorful. They have got stickers sometimes with your own freaking face on them. And you're like, where did this come from? And it's, it's incredible. That was reminding me of when we lived together. And is it fair to say, Cassidy, you'd be jealous where I would get letters from people. Cassidy would get letters from the IRS. You know, like that would be the comparison where she's like, what's up with your fun mail? Yeah. <laughs> what's up with your fun mail? And then I'd like ask her some and she would say, you live 10 feet away from me and you don't get these things in the mail. But hey, now that we are on separate coasts, I get to be on the recipient list these days. I mean, I, I'm a little jealous at this point. So <laughs> um, I also want to comment, you know, one of the joys of doing the show is I feel like every episode I discover something new about what it means to be a best friend. In some ways, that is this like inherent question I'm trying to answer is what does it mean to be a best friend? And something I've just heard from you both is I think best friendship is a 
is a quilt, like a pattern quilt, right? And it is both an assembly of all the memories and you pull it over yourself sometimes because I just want to be like in this friendship and comforted by it. And sometimes I want to throw this on the table and add some new patches to this quilt. And it's this like living thing, but it also in the moment can be this thing that I just immerse myself into. And it feels like this friendship is a pattern quilt. And at best, maybe best friendship is a never ending pattern quilt that exists far beyond the people. And so I really, in my head, think this is a really beautiful definition that you both seem to be living. And I love that you latched onto the pattern quilt because our patterns are complementary, right? I I think I was drawn to Cassidy because she did have confidence and abilities in other areas, you know, from the more um, low level, just like fashion. And, and I have many compliments that I get on my curly hair due to Cassidy. And the fact that I could, those are sort of vulnerable areas for me in my early to mid twenties, couldn't quite hit my stride sartorially and, uh, you know, um, in my hair sense and trusted Cassidy with no judgment to say, I've got ideas for you. Please trust me. I know you're not going to want to try this on. Please do it. Of course I bought it. You know, so those moments, I think like trusting Cassidy with some evolutions that have stayed in place a decade and a half later, I have confidence in areas that you might think are superficial, but like they're core because I, I had fine confidence in other areas of my life, you know, but those were things that that's a gift that I didn't know I needed to receive. And Cassidy right. was just there day in and day out being like, Hey, I've got some wrecks, take them or not. And it was this, like this gentle process for me um, that I, when I think about those transformations, I get emotional because um, they, they've really changed my life. Mm, I love that pal. I think again, yeah. Referencing the patchwork quilt, it's, you know, we are, very different people. And I think that's, again, one of the the reasons that we've had such a meaningful and, and successful and flourishing friendship is that we share so much, but we really allow each other to be their authentic, um, their authentic and unique self and to bring in you know, create, it, it's a safe space. Like we have, we create such a safe space for both of us to have different experiences and interests. And, um, you know, it's not trying to change one another, but really allowing the other person to stand um, firm in who they are. Um, with the exception of that one time that you told me that that one dress was really, really ugly, pal. Do you remember that? Did I use that word? Oh, you were culling your wardrobe and I was like, throw it out. Yes, Burn exactly. it. That context is, is helpful. Like you're looking yeah. for active, you know, Thank opinions. you. You're right. You didn't yeah. use that word. You might have said fugly, but it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's, it's all good. I, I think that idea too of giving each other space. Like when yes. I think about the use of the calendar, we kept tabs on each other because we, we did live together and we spent a lot of our social lives separately. Yeah. I think that's one thing I learned at your wedding where it's sort of like, oh, people got different timestamp versions of Cassidy, probably as you thought at mine. And we had our own sort of dyad, but we really gave each other that space. You were someone, I'm a middle child extrovert who I'd come home to our five roommates. Like what's everyone up to? What's going on? I had to learn Cassidy's going to go right to her room 
um, especially if I show any indication of having germs, she does not want to be around, but even just in general, recharging and sort of saying like, I'll be in my room for a while. I had to learn, oh, that's actually really great. And that's why we live together so well. Mm-hmm. But it was sort of those moments of understanding that I don't think we were trying to do the wherever you go, there I go. We had work friends, we had high school, college friends, um, and that's been really successful. Yeah, agree. Very much agree. What are the friction points in this friendship? Uh, I know there's this deep well of love and friction can exist in love. And I think it makes a friendship richer. But if you just sit and think about what are the friction points, past, present, or maybe future, but what are the friction points as you see them? Oh, that's interesting. I'm wondering if maybe in how we lived together, you know, our mid to late 20s, going back to Nerman as logistics, cleanly, you know, tracking people down for things. I think that was like, maybe some of it where we, you know, understanding, oh, Cassidy wants to spend time alone, or why is the kitchen so messy? Um, So I think it was more some of those pieces that when we extricated from the domestic sphere that yeah. like, maybe that was one piece of um, like tension around that time. That's like geography specific. Yeah. And I, I think there is probably that. And and again, this is one of the areas in which we are very different. Um, probably more, it was, it was more present then than it maybe is now, but just pal being so focused on, uh, like the stability and routine and um, just having that set schedule. And in that era, I think you had that same job for like 10 years, right? And yes. me, I was sort of a poo-poo platter of employment exploration and like life exploration. And I was traveling and just being like arranging my world in this like more constellation space. And so, it, it, but again, it was like, both things were good and we could enter into each other's worlds pretty fluidly. Like I got to meet all of pal's work friends at that time and like, you know, go visit the school and then, you know, giving her that support and space as she needed. And, you know, when I was out in the world, making sure to stay in touch and, and, but yeah, I think it was, it was probably more that sort of difference in lifestyle. And it was never a point of, friction, more just in accepting acceptance of difference. But I think part of the reason and my ability to sort of live in that way was because I had this stable foundation that was pal holding down the fort at home. I think the, you know, in thinking about this call and our evolution has the other person grown. I think it is sort of that we've both gotten better with processing and feelings and reflections. You know, we, Cassie and I talk about some difficulties we had socially um, with the friend in, in our mid twenties and sort of saying, Oh, it was on all of us and sort of learning how to name the thing, you know? So just communication styles. I think we've gone from, sharing space and creating memories just through osmosis because every day was a memory to checking in and sort of maybe our conversations are more on that. Like, how's this thing going for you? Like Cassie's like, pal, parenthood, colon, 
discuss. Yeah. How's that? You know, so just like asking those open-ended questions where we didn't really need to zoom out so much. We were like seeing each other at breakfast and dinner. So I think maybe less of attention and more just like growth theory. We found each other more on this processing life because we're not living it together in the day to day. Yep. Yeah, I exactly. I just found a good example that sort of illustrates what I was trying to get at before, yeah. which was uh, in the fall of late summer, early fall of uh, must have been 2009 or 2010. I was preparing to go to Burning Man. Pal was preparing to go back to school as an administrator. Those are two very different tracks that people found themselves on. And then returning home with all of the affiliated Burning Man stuff and dust while Pal's really trying to do parent-teacher school nights, it was different. (laughs) My hand is over my eyes because it's been literally over a decade and I'm still thinking about... What should I call it? I was at staying man, staying woman, um, you know, being the only roommate there and midweek being sort of like, who took my can opener? I can't even open a can of beans, you know, um, and when it, right, the, the aftermath was epic, but I mean, a perfect example of maybe some inflexibility in my mid twenties and now just full humor about some of these memories. And I do, I mean, we really had some bona fide um, tensions with other roommates and bona fide really difficult conversations with our landlord. That could be its own podcast. What would it be called? I don't know. Um, so true conflicts and we would process together, but we yeah. were in it. We were in, in it. those years. Yeah. And I think, pal, you're, the fact that we can process so many things that are challenging now together Um I think is just a, a beautiful way in which we have both grown and then know how to support each other in these really, in these really sort of meaningful ways. This is great. It's, it's just forcing me to just actively reflect on my own friendships as I see you both. Cassidy, you know, Seth Greenberg, one of my dearest best friends. He was my first roommate out of college. And um, I think that living together with him taught me a lot of things about myself. He forced me to relax a lot you know, mm-hmm. and just not be so uptight about how are we going to split groceries? And he's like, dude, we'll get it done. We're good friends. Like, you know, and so you build trust. And so it's, um, it's a unique origin as we kind of go back to it to have that shared living experience. I feel like every friendship um, has like vintages, you know, and it's like the more years, the more layers, the more weather, the more experiences, like a bottle of wine, right? Um, this it went through this summer and it went through this winter and that's why it tastes the way it does and i think it's the same thing with friendships and so you know even friction is a part of kind of what produces the flavor of the friendship so to speak and makes it so unique and sought after so it's um it's so great you had that and and i feel privileged to have had that with some of my best friends too in its own way so um this is, this, you kind of mentioned this, we were alluding to like, how has the other grown? So as you reflect on, you know, Cassidy's, you reflect, reflect on how Pal has grown over the years. Um, what have you seen? And, and Pal, I'd love the same perspective on Cassidy. How have they grown as individuals? Um, it, it's so, I love this question because Pal, since I have known her, has been one of the more consistent humans I have ever met. She shows up and she is present. She wants to listen actively. 
She likes to build those deep connections, building intimacy through touch. That is her name. That is her chapter one, <laughs> core principle and key value. Um, and so it's really the, the growth and the evolution that I've seen in her is as she takes on new identities and new life phases, She it's just, it, it sort of amplifies all of those sort of same things that stay true to who she is. Um, she has become a wife. She has become a mother. She became a mother again. And, and it's, you know, now she has a new professional adventure that she's on. She's taking a whole new career track and it's, it's sort of becoming these ways that she um, applies all of what makes her innately and uniquely her in these ways um, that are, even more powerful that I just love seeing. What a tribute. I think that my, Cassidy and I love a timestamp. So my timestamp or carbon dating on knowing Cassidy um, truly from a super social, I'm walking home. Why is Cassidy walking the other direction? It's a Tuesday night. It's 11. I was proud of myself for being out. Why is she just going <laughs> out right now? Um, to, you know, Again, the aforementioned birthday parties, the Prince party buses really got me in these. Um, I actually tried to find these red sparkly hot pants just to wear, just so I would know on this call that I was wearing them as an homage. Like they're they're somewhere, but going from those moments, like just had a, having a gift undergrad. I'm sure you know, Elliot. The the, the parties Cassidy threw and understanding that's a skill set, the sort of events and getting people jazzed about something to seeing her authentically enjoy this farm life, partnered up with Adam, feeling like this is where I'm meant to be right now. You know, what's the chapter of the book? It's like from Prince Party Bus to Blueberry Farm. I'll, I'll find something catchier. It'll be, I don't know. Um, but it's, that's, we're all so many things. And just because people know Cassidy is that sort of out there, you know, um, over the top, let's do the thing and let's do it in neon spandex. Um, that is a wonderful era. We can tap into that. See the cave rave at her wedding. We also brought that aspect out, but just sort of understanding that you thrive in all these different environments. And the one right now as a wife, as a um, parent to multiple cats, that it's sort of like, this is the cadence that works for you right now. And that we've sort of, we've found that, shifting and slowing down a little bit and we're, we're meeting each other there mm -hmm. really well. I do want to say that my uh, favorite farm overalls are fuchsia and purple uh, tie-dye. So there it is. that is, that it's, it's still alive and well. It's the melding. It's the melding it's for melding. me. You know, you're doing it in your own way. And of course they moved in Cassidy connected with someone at the farm and the CSA and the friends. So it's the same energy and ethos, but sort of different environment. And I mm -hmm. personally have been loving witnessing that so much so that I invited myself to go next week. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait. Counting down the hours. Maybe I'll throw a bit of a creative curveball here. One day there is an incredible film about this friendship. Who plays Pal? Who plays Cassidy? And what's the name of the film? I know this is a creative curveball. You can say pass or you can lean in, either one. Well, you know, just because we were talking about it just a bit ago, um, 
could Glennon Doyle do you, pal? Would that? I feel like she could be a great pal. I feel like she could really show up and do pal very well. I absolutely love that. I know, Cass. Who? I I've never had this thought about myself because I'm like, people don't look like me. People have a doppelganger. I don't. So do you feel like you have someone, Cass, who is out there? I don't. I don't. Um, uh, Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. This is a really tough one, Elliot. I will say that the name of the movie would be an acronym that only we use. Oh, yes. We have a lot of those. I was about to say people, that's like one you know, the question of like, what, what is your language or what are things about both of you that people know? It's that we, we do throw out acronyms that only we use all the time. Yeah. So it would be, it would be one of those. It would be a PSD, colon, yeah. a PSD, a primary source document. Yes. DLP, colon, a PSD. What, that would be it. 100%. <laughs> uh-huh. And the soundtrack would be a journey. It would be nothing would connect, you know, um, Cassidy has famously unsubscribed and been conveniently absent during the iconic Hardly Strictly Bluegrass, the oft look forward to October weekend in the Bay Area, drawing thousands of people to a free five-stage festival. And Cassidy's like, oh, I'm sick that day. So like maybe it wouldn't have, maybe it wouldn't have any uh, of those artists because we'd have to agree on everything. You know, you were talking about uh, the theme song earlier, and we still do have to do our rendition at the end here. But uh, there mm-hmm. is, uh, and, and this sort of ties back into just really deeply understanding each other's cultural context. But um, Pal is Brazilian, um, and so there was an era of time in in which it still is that I love Brazilian music, and so. Um, Probably Georgie Bang, Ova La Vingella, would be on that soundtrack. We used to sing that together a lot. Um, and I believe even when I spoke at your wedding, um, being able to bring in some of that Portuguese was a way of tapping and connecting with your family from Brazil. Yes. Oh, now we have to create this playlist. You you do, because I, I can deeply relate. One of my dearest, best friends on earth, you know, David Fernandez. Literally, the reason I have headphones on and a microphone in front of me right now is because of of Dave Izzel. Dave, you know, I had a radio show with him. He's Brazilian. Um, and it wasn't really until he went and lived in Brazil that he, um, I'd say, just started surfacing all this amazing Brazilian music country music from Brazil and everything. So when you work on this playlist together, please include both of us. Uh, but it's... and Wait, yeah, I'm just remembering. It. We have one. Do you remember this? Você <laughs> this is This is it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, link, we'll link to it in the show notes if you're open to that. So, okay, deal. Um, one more primary source document. This All right, is it. Two, two more questions, okay? Um, one's not so much a question, uh, but it's an ask. And it's an ask to commit to something tangible. I want you to commit this friendship to something tangible. Think about it for a second. It could be small, it could be big, but I really want a tangible commitment to something. It could be far into the future. It could be next week. But what what do you want to commit this friendship to? You know, we're so good at this is a practical one. We're so good at being long distance. I'd like to establish some in-person cadence we've talked about going somewhere together so just having some set plan um to to go somewhere new 
And um, we both love travel and, um, you know, we happen to be on each other's coast sometimes, you know, for work or fun. But, you know, we've talked about, do we just go to Santa Fe? Do we go to, you know, and um, again, we're we're so adept at keeping in touch that I sort of want to remember that it's super, super fun to share space (laughs) and to create some of those memories. I love that actually, pal. My my head went to the in-person component too. Um, One of our best times was our, our hers and hers trip to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we went up to Seattle together. Um, so I would love that in-person thing. I think, um, you know, one of the things that we have talked about was saying oh, that we've connected with each other's families. And as those structures continue to evolve and, um, um, you know, become just even larger, I want to stay connected to one another's families, um, specifically pals, daughters, and wife. Um, so that would be really meaningful to show up as Chia cast for them um, and and having that presence um, as well. Yes. So two commitments. One, there's a trip in your future together, right? Yeah. So we're committing to that. And it's just the two of you. I want to, I mean, I'm, I'm going to follow up with you. So I want to make sure it happens. Yeah, I think so. For me, I so prioritize the, the adults only time and it, yep. what a treat. <laughs> okay. Um, set it in motion. And, All right. Yeah. Uh, and Cassidy, there's a, a deep commitment to Pal's family and mm-hmm. being there for her wife and her, for her kids. Um, and so that's amazing. Good commitments. Great. Um, Look, we'll, we'll, I want to end. Okay, we are going to end with an outro song. But the last thing I'd like to end with, just as far as the interview is, you know, 15 years from now, each of you, 20 years from now, will listen to this. Um, what do you want to make sure the other hears? And say it to each other, not me. I want you to hear my admiration of you. Um, I think you are such an amazing and incredible human. And I'm so grateful. And I want you to know how much these sort of seemingly small ways that you've affected me in my 20s have truly bolstered and buoyed me into my 30s. And yes, closing in on 40 this year because Cassidy always forgets my age and true building blocks and that we're still building. And I don't want you to miss any of the things going on here. And likewise for me, front row seats. Love it. May it be so. All right, take us out, Coach Judy. Okay, so I think just the the chorus, pal. Okay. Okay. Oh, Judy, Judy. Let's get heavy, Judy. The boys hope that you're straight. And the girls hope that you're fruity, Judy. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been everything I hoped it would be. And I'm just happy to know a friendship exists on earth like this one. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you for being just the the vehicle for it. I mean, like, truly best part of the day is getting to have protected time to talk with and about someone you love. So couldn't agree more. Yeah, this was really special. All right. You just heard another episode of They Know Me Best. All episodes can be found on Spotify or Apple or just go to anchor.fm slash they know me best. And as a reminder, there is no wealth like friendship and the best way to spend it is together.